When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney II, Anthony Weidel, Dan Colbert, and the rest of the Steelers front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond. And look, it's I'm actually got to preface this. I'm recording this on my son, Sunday, your Saturday. Um, I'm going to be uh, away into international travel this week. So I had to record this one early. So um, hopefully um, this week's show, the focus on Chris Oladokun, um, Oladokun sorry, is uh, nothing happens to him between now and uh, the show going to air. Um, but isn't it sort of crazy the, the the offseason rolls on? And now we're at our final um, seventh-round draft pick, and then next next week we get to go to Kenny Pickett. Um, so that's exciting from that perspective. Two quarterbacks in a row, so you'll be start to get some similar stats in, in play. Um, but we've got Chris Oladokun, the seventh-round pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers, pick number 241 in the draft. Um, you know, it was probably a surprise for some, for others that had stayed up to date on the draft visits. Um, Oladokun uh, did visit the Steelers and uh, in a pre-draft visit, um, someone that came on the radar quite late. Um, that flexibility, that mobility. I mean, as soon as he was drafted, you think this is a good Dobbs replacement. This is a guy that can mimic Lamar Jackson in training at a minimum or on the scout team. Um, but I think he offers a bit more than that. And we'll get into that on today's show as well. Um, so good place to start with Chris Oladokun 
is basically his NFL draft profile. Um, so his NFL draft, pro- draft profile was put together by Land Zerline. Um, his pick there was a priority free agent. Um, so that's that they'd sort of designated him. That's where he'd fall. Now, as Dave Schofield likes to say, a seventh round draft pick is a you know UDFA that you know you don't want another team to get a crack at, and that that fits the mold here well, particularly when Mason Rudolph was really the only um, quarterback in the room too. Um, you know, why well, sorry Trubisky as well, but you know when uh, I guess I <laughs> preview my point there. Um, but when you come to Mason Rudolph, he's someone that you know what's that only one year left on this deal. Um, he's probably wouldn't. Uh, you'd think he wouldn't be re- wanting to re-sign with the Steelers given everything um, that's gone on to date. Uh, but Chris Oladokun, uh, six foot one, two hundred and thirteen pounds. Um, he gave, has a prospect out of South Dakota State. That was the last college he played at before he played at Samford and um, USF. Um, he has a prospect grade of five point six nine, which technically makes him a um, candidate uh, for the bottom of the roster or the practice squad. Um, so that's interesting from that perspective. Now he's at a five, six, nine, he's right on the borderline of going to the next grade, which is an average backup or special teams player. And I think, you know, he might be able to do that, um, you know, throughout his, his career, he might be able to prove that. Um, so it was the, we picked him at, at, in the seventh round at pick number 20, um, you know, that, that was our pick there, our, our official seventh round pick. Um, as well. Look, he's a guy um, that had an honorable mention for the All Missouri Valley Football Conference selection um, in his last year as well. And it's also um, interesting to sort of think that he caught um, a couple of touchdowns as well, which is pretty crazy as well. Two touchdown passes. Um, but the overview of his NFL draft profile, um, Oladokun offers good arm talent and ability to throw them on the move and off platform. His placement and anticipation need work and he's notice, noticeably better. Pardon me, I've just changed my Invisalign retainer, so a bit of a lisp. Um, but better throwing between the numbers than outside them. He plays with plus pocket mobility and can extend the play when needed, but mo- must become a better decision maker and field reader to have a chance at the next level. So if you think about that, he's kind of like a D or E grade, Mitchell Trubisky, maybe even Kenny Pickett, but a bit more Trubisky. Um, doesn't quite have the size there um, either, but, you know, if you look at that overview, it sort of makes a lot of sense why Steelers get him. And he's pretty good value if you think about where a guy like Bailey Zappi um, was drafted as well. The strengths, they say, possesses NFL arm talent and an expedited release. You see that on tape. It's a pretty quick release. Was a better deep ball passer than stats indicate. Deep throws come out with without much effort. Throws with confidence when he's on the move. Shows the ability to... Um, sit down and drive throws into windows. Pocket mobility buys additional time to search for throws. Caught two touchdown passes in 2021, which we talked about. Weaknesses. Started every game in only one of five seasons. Gets stuck on one side of the field with his reads. And that'll be interesting when we look at the PFF passing depth numbers as to whether that actually happens or not. Um, Coverage recognition can be a problem. Anticipation as a passer is slightly below average and ball placement on immediate throws needs work. So look, there's, there's some definitely some real pluses and the pluses and the strengths you sort of see why the Steelers drafted him. Um, the weaknesses, you can see why he's drafted in the seventh round. I mean, it, it's pretty clear and crisp um, from that perspective. And this is off tape that Lance Erlein's watched. Those Erlein's watched, sorry. Now, I should also preface that if you want to know more about Chris Oladokun, the human being, and he comes across really well and he looks good on social media, 
Behind the Steel Curtain, if you missed it, I'm sure most listeners caught it, um, but our very own Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts did interviews um, with him um, even after being drafted. So that was pretty cool from that perspective. Go back um, and have a listen to that. I think it might have been May 7th. You can find that one, but quick Google of, you know, Chris Oladokun, um, O-L-A-D-O-K-U-N. Um, if a quick Google of that with BTSC, you'll pull it up in three seconds. Um, should be fine as well from that perspective. It might be a bit harder in Spotify or iTunes app, but I'm sure you can do it um, with a bit of searchability. So that's his NFL profile. So that's that's tick box tick box one. Um, you've got the idea of these features. You know, NFL arm talent can move in the pocket, um, throws with confidence, and you see that on tape, particularly when like there's the games where they won by a couple of touchdowns. He just looks really fluid. And then your weaknesses: um, coverage reads, ball placement, um, anticipation. Um, hasn't started a lot of games and not really started for like top top colleges. So if we look at his stats overall, he played according to now pulling up all his stats um, outside of PFF, which I challenge a couple of stats they've got in there. Um, we'll have to, we have to go off their grades. Um, that's one thing, but the stats have gone off NBC sports um, for their college football players. Um, they have him playing 41 games, completing 467 passes from 755 attempts, 61.9% completion rate. 5,740 yards in college, average yards per attempt is 7.6, 47 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, he was sacked 48 times um, from that perspective as well. Rushing receiving stats in the 41 games, 248 rush for 703 yards, 2.8 yard rush average, 12 TDs, three receptions, 41 yards, two TDs, and so two of them came in 2021, as we mentioned. Um he had some defensive stats as well, but uh, he lined up in defensive positions in um, 18 games of his 41, um, but they were both at Samford. Um, so that's good to note there. In terms of the action going back to passing, though, um, you know, he had his highest number of completions in 2021 as a starter at South Dakota State um, with 238 completed from 382 for 62.3%. And that was his highest year for yards with 3,164 and highest highest year for touchdowns with 25. His highest completion year was at Samford in 2020, but he completed 37 from 56 in six games. So that's a much smaller sample size um, as well from that perspective. So there's some pretty interesting stats just just to sort of kick it off. Now, in terms of rankings, he didn't appear in Pro Football Network's 2022 draft guide, who we've shared those ranks. He wasn't ranked um, in the draft network's you know, big draft board of, I think it's 380 players. He's not there either. Um, and the only thing that really I could pull up around ranking was he was the ninth rank- ranked quarterback of those that were drafted within the seventh rounds on draft day, um, which you kind of expect because I think he was the last one drafted. Um, no, Skylar Thompson was after him. I lie. I lie. Skylar Thompson was after him. But Skylar Thompson um, does offer, a, you know, a few, a few a few bigger things, a bigger, more prototype quarterback from a body perspective, um, you know, and he's someone that, you know, I think he's going to, he's probably got a stronger chance at, at making it rather than an Oladokun. Um, 
But again, like this ranking board has Bailey Sappy three, Sam Howell two, Malik Willis number one, um, Kenny Pickett is number six behind Matt, you know, with Matt Corral and Desmond Ritter ahead of him. So I don't really love this ranking site that I found here in Sports Nort. Um, but it's one of the few where he's actually ranked off anything um, from that perspective. So with that, we're going to take a break on Steel's War Room. Join me for part two. We're going to have a big deal of a deep dive into Chris Oladokun in terms of his passing grades, his passing accuracy, his offensive grades, where he threw the football to on the field. I think that's important when we looked at those weaknesses um, and getting stuck on one side and slow coverage. Let's see where his strengths are because there is something consistent with what I've seen with the other quarterbacks that Steelers have outside of Mason Rudolph. So we'll get to all of that in part two. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back on Steelers War Room. You're, you know, joined by your one host, <laughs> say co-host, like Touchdown Under, Matty Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Kevin. Ah, so you're saying Kevin Colbert. Let's say Dan Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Dan Anthony Weidel, uh, and the rest of the Steelers front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond. So this is the last, um, second last, I should say, but last of the seventh rounders, um, this shows the last review of those seventh rounders, the first of the quarterbacks, because next week we've got Kenny Pickett, um, but it's through the draft profiles. And then we can look at a few other interesting things that I've got coming up um, on, on this show that talks everything team building. So Chris Oladokun, season grades, we'll look at his season grades from a passing perspective um, in a moment. But if we just look at purely some of the, some of the actual passing numbers for him now, I read out some of those numbers before. Um, now, on the, according to PFF, just because you can balance these numbers out, um, 2021 season for him, 3,163 yards, 25 TDs, seven interceptions, yards per attempt of 8.3, completed 238. Now, they're, they all align with the numbers from NBC Sports. So that's interesting um, from that perspective, he had an NFL quarterback rating of 102.7 on the season. So that's pretty decent as well um, from that perspective. Now, if you look at his overall passing grades throughout his career, 2021 was his best year. So he had an offensive grade of 65.4 in 2017 at USF. He had a 51.4 offensive grade in 2018 at USF. He had an offensive grade of 79.4 at Sanford in 2020 the university that, of course, Devlin Duck Hodges went to. And then in 2021, he had an 86.6. So clear there when he was a starter, most games played, most attempts, that was his best year, which is a good thing, right? You don't want that best grade to be a, a different year. That shows that he really had a ball out, standout year with an almost an interception ratio of about almost three and a half. Um, it was just pretty good, like touchdowns to interceptions. 
He had a passing grade of 85.9 this past year, which was his highest in his career as well. That makes sense, the offensive grade. His second best year was at Sanford in, in 2020. So when I go through PFF's numbers, we're pretty much just going to focus on 2020 and 2021, purely because the other two years he played literally like 60 snaps. Um, so it's not really worth you know judging too much there. And I'm, otherwise, I'm reading off a lot of grades that don't make sense for a lot of people. His run grade was a 63.3 in 2021, which was down 1.1 on his 64.4 of 2020. So he he did suffer a little bit in the run, but played a lot more snaps. Um, And his fumble grade was 42.4 versus a 50.2 as well. So, you know, a a little bit worse there. Um, Average depth of target was the highest of his career of a 10.7. So that's pretty interesting. His adjusted percentage was 74.4. He had 29 um, direct pass pressures as well, but we'll get more into pressures a little bit later on. Um, But as I said, it's quite interesting. He's got a career NFL quarterback rating of 96.6, but this was the highest he'd had since his rookie season where he only played like two snaps. So, um, and by rookie season, I mean, you know, junior year, um, freshman year, I should say. Um, so yeah, obviously his best year, when you look through game by game, his best game was against, um, his best game was against, I'm not understanding this acronym, um, Lindenwood, Lindenwood, <laughs> you come across Lindenwood. um, the second best game was against Colorado state, um, so he had a 90.4 offensive grade against Lindenwood, an 88.4 against Colorado State, 90.3 passer grade against Lindenwood, 84.5 against Colorado State. He did have an 84.4, it's worth noting, against North Dakota State. His highest run grade of the season was against Dixie with a 79.2. But in that game against Colorado State, the first game of the season, he had a 72 um, for his run grade there. His fumble grade, his best one was a 70.1 against North Dakota. Uh, and he also, and yes, North Dakota State, and then against North Dakota, he also had almost equaled that. So that was a 70.2 versus a 70.1. So pretty close from that perspective, um, as well, in terms of those actual grades. Um, and in, in what we see there, he also has got sacked 17 times, and that's worthy of noting again before we get to some of the pressure stats, um, as well. So look at the offensive grades. I mean, as I said, we talked through those there. Um, I've, I've talked you through those for the for those games. But I mean, the, the highlight here is that not only was he throwing the football, he did he did catch um, the football as well. He did have twenty eight run attempts on the season, too. no pass block. So just interesting to note that. Um, but in terms of run block, he had um, three hundred and eighty there. So he did follow the football. Um, which I think is quite an interesting stat that they've pulled in him from there. And I'm hoping that's accurate with PFF because that's something that makes you question that when you see that up there. But he does have a run blocking grade for all of them, and it's basically 60, but it goes between 60 and 60.2 throughout the season. So consistent run block grade, which means, yeah, he's just following the ball there um, pretty much. Now, if anyone's just curious too, I've got his receiving grades, which are an 87.9 in week four um, against Indiana State and 87.9 against UC Davis. 
um, a 54.3 against South Illinois and a 59.5 against North Dakota State. Um, his two touchdowns, one came in the Indiana State game, the other came in the UC Davis game, hence the number there. Um, he went for 22 yards off one reception in, against Indiana State and 10 yards against UC Davis. So there's his receiving stats <laughs> for you. Uh, the passing depth. Now, this is where it's pretty interesting. So everyone knows that I like to, um, I've liked to, to have done this um, for the for the quarterbacks. Um, I think it's pretty interesting. So we're going to look at 2020 first, and then we're going to go to 2021 because, as you know, like as I said earlier in the show, we're going to look at Samford in his last year, and then we're going to look at South Dakota State. So Samford in 2020. In 2020, his best passing grade was deep passes, right? With a 91.4 in 2020. And that was deep passes, obviously 20 plus yards. And his second best was a 79.9 grade for short. So zero to nine yards. That's that's the grade that he gets there. Behind line scrimmage is a 64.6. Medium, he's a 73.1. His best area of the field was short left with a 90.6. His second best area was deep right with an 88.2. And his third best was an 85.2 um, for, inter- for intermediate left. Um, and he, his fourth best was intermediate right at 84.7. So even though he gets stuck to one side of the field, that that uh, feedback is might be accurate from my answer line. But that's not saying he only throws to one side of the field. And that's a really key distinction to make. The disappointing thing for him is that Short center, short right, behind the line of scrimmage in, in every, every side of the field. He's a below a 65, he's a below a 66, sorry, um, great passing grade, which to me, you'd want that a lot, uh, quite a bit higher. Um, his intermediate center passing, which you, you'd think somewhere where like you'd be able to target a bit more in college and you'd want him to be able to target the steals with tight ends and stuff like that, particularly if he can break the pocket um, and throw on the run is a 54 point, a 52.8. Now, again, this is 2020. So we're going to see the development in Chris Oladoka and hopefully when we look at those numbers um, as a quarterback, his deep left um, passing grade was a 77.4 and deep center was a 76.0. So definitely you can see he's very comfortable throwing deep right, intermediate right, intermediate left, and short left. Um, So it's pretty interesting from that perspective. His highest NFL passing grade area is a 141.7 intermediate right. Second highest is a 102, which is short left, um, which is quite interesting. In terms of his touchdowns, he only had one. um, So yeah, sorry. In terms of his touchdowns in 2020, uh, he had one touchdown at the medium um, and two interceptions at medium. Neither anywhere else had anything. He completed 50% at medium, um, 90.5% um, short, uh, and 85.7% um, behind the line of scrimmage as well. So, I mean, these grades also determined by how far it goes for touchdowns, all those sorts of things. Um, and I think he had... Um, the BTT off this key. Got some passes batted away. Oh, big time throws. Sorry. I like big time throws. Um, he only had three there. So that's at Sanford in 2020. I say these numbers are a little bit a little bit misleading there because he only, I think he only had 50 snaps um from that perspective. But if we go to 2021, that's where we really want to focus in on because that's obviously, you know, Chris Oladokun, you know, proper starter from that perspective. Now here we see 
attempt attempts, um, 20 deep passes, so 20 plus yards, almost 15% of those, medium 28%, short 28%, and behind the line of scrimmage about 13.5%. So in terms of actual attempts, 56 deep attempts, 107 medium attempts, 145 short attempts, 51 behind the line of scrimmage. He completed 16 for 56 for 28.6% deep pass. He completed 61 from 107 attempts for 57% completion in the medium passing in medium section of the field. Um, short passes was 79.3%, completing 115 from 145. And then his behind the line of scrimmage went up to 90.2%, 46 um, from 51 attempts. So 46 completions from 51 attempts. His area with the highest number of yards was short with 1,174, then medium, 1,046, deep, 577. And then behind the line of scrimmage, he only threw for 366. You'd expect that to be the smallest number. The yards per attempt was highest in terms of um, 10 point, sorry, yards. Um, yeah, per attempt, it's 10.3 for deep, 9.8 for medium, 8.1 for short, behind the line scrimmage, 7.2. So that's pretty cool. His highest area for touchdowns was 13 in the medium area of the field. Interceptions was highest deep. So he had six TDs and four interceptions deep, um, throwing deep. He had 13 to three um, TDs versus interceptions, um, throwing medium, five TDs short, no interceptions, one TD behind the line of scrimmage, no interceptions. That gives him a grade, passing grade deep of 84.0, 91.5 median. Um, they're 79.4 short, 69.8 behind the line of scrimmage. So that's a higher short grade than what he had the year before, an improvement uh, you know, of one and a half. Uh, it is a downgrade deep, but it's a medium uplift of, I think, like almost 12. So he has progressed, basically, if you look year on year, he's definitely progressed in terms of the grades if you look at a PFF side of things. Now, this is where we also get interesting because average depth of target was 32.2 for deep as an FYI, 49, 14.9, so 15 for medium, 3.9 short, and minus 2.3 behind the line of scrimmage um, as well. His highest quarterback rating um, was 118.2 for medium passing, 111.9 for short, came in at second. In terms of first downs, he got 60 by medium passing, 57 by short, 16 by deep, and 19 by the line of scrimmage, um, behind the line of scrimmage. Sorry. So again, medium passing is clearly his best area of the field, 10 to 19 yards, and that's really consistent over the 400. I think it was 40 snaps um, overall that he uh, played. He played 440 snaps plus um, in 2021 at South Dakota State University. Now, looking at how that spreads across the field, right? So if you look at it between the numbers. Uh, he's definitely best from an NFL perspective um, throwing sh uh, short, um, but it's pretty close from medium um, and behind the line of scrimmage as well. So if we look at that center of the field, deep center, 57.3, that's where he's weak. Intermediate center or middle, um, 84.1 and short center, 82.2. But the quarterback ratings for the for that center of the field go deep, 77.5, medium, 106.7, short, 114.5, and then 96.7, um, you know, behind the line of scrimmage. 
Three touchdowns, four interceptions um, between the numbers in the center of the field, um, 242 yards, six for 20. He went 34 for 52, um, medium for 606 yards, four TDs, three interceptions. He went 70 from 86 um, for 748 yards, three TDs, no interceptions, short. And then he went 38 for, from 42 for 303 yards, um, no TDs, no interceptions. So that's between the numbers in the center of the field. Um, when you look at it on the left side, uh, he completed four for 21 deep for 107 yards, two TDs, um, no interceptions, NFL passer rating grade of 80.1 or quarterback rating, Um, 13 for 24 medium for 198 yards, six TDs um, for 121.2 is his NFL quarterback rating, 22 from 28 um, there on the left side of the field for 216 yards, one TD. That's a quarterback rating of 110, um, but that's more based on the completions rather than scoring. Uh, and then three out of four on the left behind the line of scrimmage, six yards, no TDs, no interceptions. On the right-hand side of the football, um, or the field, sorry, I should say, uh, he completed six for 15 deep for 228 yards, one TD, uh, 109.7 for his NFL quarterback rating. Uh, medium, he completed medium side part of the field, but on the outside right, he completed 14 from 31 and for 242, three TDs, quarterback rating in the NFL of 104.5. Just remember that's plus 10 yards. Um, plus zero to 10 yards, short right, 23 from 31 for two 10 yards, one TD, quarterback rating of 102.9. And then behind the line of scrimmage on the right, he completed five out of five for 57 yards, one TD for a quarterback rating of 103.8, which is pretty close to perfect. It's like 156 plus for perfect equals perfect in the NFL. So clearly there, as I've said, his highest um, in terms of passing grade in, in that is a 93.7 deep right. His highest from a touchdown perspective is intermediate left followed by intermediate center. His highest number of yards is intermediate center. Um, sorry, short center and then intermediate center, and they're very clear. So he clearly likes her in the center of the field, as these numbers suggest, um, as well from that perspective. First downs, he had 34 short center, 33 immediate center. Um, we talked about the quarterback ratings there. Um, definitely deep right, intermediate left, intermediate right, intermediate center are his four best areas of passing grades, then followed by short center. Um, so you've got a guy that's happy to throw on either side of the field, but you can sort of see that he clearly does, as I sort of said, tend to sort of sit on one side of the field. But if you go back to what, if you rewinded a couple of minutes, if you rewound, sorry, a couple of minutes, you would see the big improvement in versus 2020 um, from t- from 2020 to 2021 for Chris Oladokun is the center of the field passing. And that's what you need in this NFL. We struggle with that with Ben. It's something that when we get to Kenny Pickett next week, he does very well. And that's what I think is excites me is he's got arm talent. He can move around. But he can throw to the center of the field. You've got a guy like a Pat Freeman if you want to unlock that. You've got a guy like a Connor Haywood. You want to unlock that. You know, so you've got a Zach Gentry. You want to unlock a guy who's six foot seven, a Chase Claypool, guys that are coming across the field, and Najee Harris um, as well. 
you want to be able to hit those center center field throws, even from the scouting perspective. What's the point is there having a scout team quarterback or a part or a quarterback on the the practice squad or the third string, the depth guy if they keep three? What's the point in doing that if the guy can't throw into the center that helps you, you know, against your DBs, but it helps you, um, you know, other offensive weapons in the receiving game actually catch the ball in the center to get that experience. And so that's something that I do think he's really developed on. And I think it's a massive asset for him going into the NFL, going into the Steelers, and it will help the Steelers out as well. Um, So that's a lot of stats for you there. Now, in terms of actual passing pressures, we talked a lot about the grades. Um, but when we talk about total pressures, the passer of any kind generated by the defense, um, that's quite interesting as well. He was under pressure 139 of his 440 snaps. He was not blitzed 72 times. Um, and he was blitzed. Um, sorry, total pressure, the passer of any kind. So he had pressures when not blitzed 72 times. He had pressures when blitzed of 67, and he was under pressure 139 um, times overall. That was quite interesting. He was sacked 17 times. Um, So 17 of those were all under pressure. Um, Seven when not blitzed, 10 when blitzed. Um, So that's pretty even there. There's not a a massive outline, outline, you know, outlier, I should say. Sorry. His big time throws. Um, as well from a, you know, PFF perspective, the way they grade this, if people follow um, PFF, not blitz 10 times um, when he was kept clean, nine times under pressure, nine times when blitzed eight times as well. Uh, so that's interesting from that perspective. Um, average depth of target was 9.6 when kept clean, 14.4 when he was under pressure. So he's allowing guys to get down the field. That's when he's obviously hitting pressure. That makes sense. Um, but when he was not blitzed, it was 10.5. And, and when blitzed, it was 11.2 uh, as well from that from that perspective. Hits is throwing. He only had four. So we did get the ball away. And that talks about that. Talk, and that really speaks to his movement in the pocket as well. When he was blitzed, he had an NFL quarterback rating of 114.7. When he was kept clean, he had a higher NFL quarterback rating of 117.4. When he was under pressure, though, he had a quarterback rating of 62.4, an NFL quarterback rating, so that's pretty low. When not blitzed, 96.1. So that that's one of the different things you can sort of see from that perspective is that he is basically does well when he's kept clean. Um, and, and, you know, when we talked about Lance Irline's weaknesses earlier, he talked about, you know, recognition of plays down the field and that shows he can do it when he's kept clean, but when he's under pressure, that changes, but when he's blitzed, that's different. Now scrambles, which PFF classes undesigned runs by the quarterback. He had to do that 20 times when he was kept clean, 20 times under pressure, 33 times when not blitzed and he was facing pressure and seven times when blitzed. So that's quite interesting is that he's getting the ball away, um, you know, when he's being blitzed, but he's scrambling a lot when he's not blitzed um, and he's throwing the ball away. Now, in terms of actually throwing the ball away, he threw the ball away um, 16 times under pressure once when he was kept clean. And when he was under pressure, five of that, five of those times were not blitzed and 12 of those times were when blitzed. Um, so it's interesting from that perspective. First downs, he had 119 when kept clean um, and, and 100 of those when he was not blitzed and 45 when he was under pressure um, as, as part of his overall 164 um, first downs that he threw in the NFL. 
But that wraps up pretty much everything we've got to go about for Chris Oladokun. I think any more, even I like wouldn't really rate any of those sort of stats from that perspective. Um, but really interesting from Chris Oladokun, I think the overall summary for him really is around a guy that I think he's a pretty good seventh round draft pick. He's a guy probably sometimes would have been happy to take away in the six um, if they properly scouted him. I don't think he was on many teams' radars, and that's why he didn't shut the ranking boards. The Steelers obviously liked him. Um, they obviously maybe they knew about him from some of the players that he's worked out with, guys like Cameron Sutton, Deontay Johnson, um, before as well that he's worked out with. He's worked out with another player too, but I'm having mental blank. I think he did know Devlin Dark Hodges, but there's another player on the roster that he's worked with as well. Um, so from that perspective, they might have known the name. Um, maybe there was a hot tip to the scouting room, but he wasn't on a lot of draft boards, and that's proven by like the rankings. Um, to find him on a quarterback ranking, he's not even in there. I thought it was interesting in Pro Football Network. They had him there as interviews, so they did an interview with him too, which you can go listen to. Um, that you should listen to BTSC's one with Andrew Wilbur and Jeremy Betts first if you haven't listened to anything already. But they didn't do an analysis of him, which I think is kind of sad that they did that interview and they didn't do that. Um, he's one of those guys, that, small school guys that teams miss on. He's that sort of Steelers small school guy that no one, you know, no one can really anticipate. You just know that they're going to pick someone like that. Um, he does offer a lot of, I, I guess, agility and speed and throwing on the run, which is helpful from a scout team perspective. But I think Chris Oladokun can offer a lot more than just being a scout team player and a practice squad member. I think if we could get, if we can find a way to keep him on the roster for a couple of years, he will really be a, you know, he could be a really solid third string. Who knows? Maybe one day even second string, um, a backup that. You know, let's see. Um, and maybe they still design some packages for him as well um, in the season for particular types of situations or when they've got a lead. But with that, that wraps up this week's Steelers War Room. I'm Matt Peverell. As always, go Steelers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.